Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We want to be intentional to say the things that edify, that we build people up with what comes out of our mouth. We have the potential to damage or to build. And what a blessing if you can build people up with what comes out of your mouth. I got a wife and kids in my house. I have the potential every day to speak things and build them up. But I could also speak things that tear them down. Just what comes out of my mouth. I need to be careful how I use my tongue. Use it to edify, use it to build, use it to give glory to God. Use it to point all of us up to the Lord. And everybody here can be used in that way. The human tongue is a powerful muscle. Some people claim it is the strongest muscle. It is necessary for basic functions of life, like eating and swallowing. The tongue is also needed for speaking. It helps to create your voice. With such power comes a decision. Will you use it to build people up or will you use it harshly, tearing people down? Today, Pastor Bill encourages you to use your voice to build people up, to encourage your family, to bring hope to a discouraged friend, to share the love of Jesus with a coworker. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter five, as he continues his message, walk in love. I've been accused of before making people uncomfortable. I, I want you to be, if you live, you're here and you live together in sin, I want you to be uncomfortable because it's not, you're not in a good place with the Lord. If you're living with someone, you're not married, you're fornicating, don't be comfortable here. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather you repent and get right. I, I, if you married, you comfortable. Why? Because ain't nothing to be uncomfortable about. You know. So if you're living in that way, it should be uncomfortable, right? Because when you die and stand before God, you're going to really be uncomfortable. And so I'd rather you be uncomfortable here and repent now than to find yourself before the Lord saying, oh, man, he meant that. Uh, because we live in a time right now where people are bending the rules, even churches. They're laying the Bible aside and well, you know what? That's kind of the old way of thinking. You know, I do watch a lot of Christian TV, Christian radio. Particularly, I listen to stuff that I don't necessarily agree with. But there's a I listened to a guy in Compton. He was on a radio program. and He basically is telling people like back in the olden days, you know, where you had to be married first. That's his. He was telling people this, that that was an old idea, but that not today. And I was like, you know, obviously he had no verses to support this. And so I would just imagine that's going to be a church full of folk that that are that are thinking that this is OK to do. That this is the new idea. You can move in and test drive it and, you know, see if it's see if it's right for you before you commit I just want y'all to know that's not the biblical idea. And I, I only say biblical idea because there's kind of a, there's a command and a mandate. God don't have ideas. God has a, this is the way it is. This is what it looks like. So we live in a world right now where, you know, people say, well, you don't have to get married. You don't have to do that. Or you can, you know, you can marry, you know, if you're a guy, you could, you can marry a guy. You can love whoever you want. Right. And again, when we look at the biblical idea of love, real love is not going to participate in something with someone else that's going to cause them to be eternally separated from God. That would no longer be love. And so if I understand that that behavior will result in eternal separation, then it would be very unloving to continue in it with you in the name of love. Fornication, that's uncleanness. The last one is covetousness. Now, we normally think of covetousness in the, in the idea of greed for money, but that's not the way it's used here. The way it's used here is the same way that it's used in Exodus Chapter 20, verse 17, where it says, do not covet your neighbor's wife. The idea here is it's not just coveting stuff. It's it's wanting someone else's partner. It's wanting uh, what belongs to someone else. If you're married and unhappy in your marriage, if you're a husband unhappy with your wife or a wife that's unhappy with your husband, you can't be looking over at somebody else and saying, well, I sure like how he does. 
Or I sure like how she does, you know, whatever. God says, no, that's that's coveting. That would be unloving. That's unloving in two ways. It's unloving to the person that you're in commitment with. And it's unloving to that other person and their spouse. And God says, let, let that not be named among you. Right. These things, they shouldn't be typical of behavior within the body of believers. The rest of verse three says, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. And so Paul says, let, let these behaviors, don't even let this be named among you. I think it's important as believers that, you know, if somebody's a non-believer, I don't really challenge them on their lifestyle. When I'm talking to a non-believer, I'm sharing the gospel. But when I'm talking to people that have named the name of Christ, that have said Jesus is Lord, then we would challenge them on these behaviors. We would not let that slide. Somebody rolled up in here off the street and they weren't born again and they were, I don't care what their behavior is. They don't even know the Lord. I want to share the gospel with them. I'm not even worried about their lifestyle yet. But give your life to the Lord and now it's like, hey, now this is the expectation. Now we're Christians. This is what God expects of us. And so moving on now, he moves into a, he switches directions. So he dealt with the more physical, sexual things. In verse four, it says, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. And now he deals with the things that really flow from out of your heart. The Bible says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Things that come out of your mouth are really a, a reflection of what's happening in your heart. And so if you're a person that, you know, things that come up, you're Eeyore. How you doing? Oh, you know, it's just, <laughs> and that's, just if that's, if that's how you always sound. That's a reflection of your heart. That's not a good reflection for a child of God. Right. That's not what we shouldn't be sounding like that. You know, even if, you know, things are going difficult. Bible said we're to give thanks in all things. You know, there, there should always be a praise on the lip of the child of God. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But these other things that he deals with are worse than just kind of being an Eeyore. These things are unfitting for believers. And so the first one is filthiness. This could be dirty stories, sexual jokes, obscene things like that. Filthiness. This is filthiness out of your language. It could also encompass foul language. And so God said, look, that, that's not fitting for believers. This shouldn't be the way that we speak. I know for many of us, maybe before we got saved, maybe we told, we talked like this, we played around like this. But as you come to the Lord, God says, now there, there should be something new happening. And we need to watch what comes out of our mouth, that this isn't walking in love. This isn't loving to speak in this way. Why? Because now if I'm telling filthy stories and I'm telling things that are obscene and foul. Now, if I talk to you like that, now I've contaminated you. That's not loving. That's not walking in love to you. I told them earlier, you know, I, I do struggle with at times. I, I like comedy. I like comedy my whole life. When I was a little kid, I didn't have rules on like most little kids can't listen to certain language. I didn't have rules like that. So I grew up, I could listen to Eddie Murphy raw and I had all the Eddie Murphy and I had all the Richard Pryor. And I, that's what I grew up as a kid. I loved listening. Back then it was it was tapes and I would listen to the tapes. I had I had what is it? Red Fox Records. And we'll listen to those things or whatever. And, you know, now I get saved. I still like humor. But if you guys know, like I know most of the humor is, is filthy. You know, most of the things that we find are. So I, every Christian comedian out there, I don't I don't I don't play their stuff out. I need them to do some new jokes, you know, already. So uh, I, I why we, you know, if we watch a family thing and it's like, you know, what do you want to I want to I want to entertain myself. I don't want to watch a sad movie. I don't want to see people die and cry. I, I want to I want to laugh. I want something funny, you know, and it's hard to find that today. And there are times where there are jokes that I know from my whole life. And these things come to my mind and they're there's It's, you know, because I'm carnal. They're still funny to my flesh. 
And there are times where I'm like, well, I just want to say that. And the Lord's like, don't say that. Don't do stuff. Don't say that. Don't, don't, do, don't contaminate your wife with that joke. You know, don't, don't say that. And, but these things still, they happen. They come to my mind. There'll be, there are certain phrases if you say it. There are certain things that, you know, my mom said my whole life. And so there are phrases, if you say this phrase, the, the rebuttal to that phrase is still in here. It's locked. And it's funny to my flesh. But the Lord's like, don't, don't give voice to that. Don't say it. I battle with that. Maybe you don't, right? Maybe you battle with something else. Those are the kind of things that happen in my mind. But God says, filthiness, watch your mouth. It, it should kind of go without saying, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be using foul language. I hope, I hope nobody here has a potty mouth. I hope you're not cussing at people and using foul language or whatever. Those, to me, are more basic things. The next thing is foolish talk. Foolish talking. The word foolish here in the Greek is, the Greek word is moros. We get our English word moron. Same word Jesus used in Matthew chapter 7 when he said, he who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them is like a foolish man, a moron, a stupid man who built his house on the sand. And the floods came and the winds blew and the rain came and they beat on the house and it fell and great was a fall. To hear the sayings of God and not do them, said that's foolish. So what is, what is foolish talking? It's talking that's in opposition to the word of God. So if you know that God's word says this, then you shouldn't be speaking. Foolish talk is speaking in a way that's contrary to. Right. If I'm talking to somebody and and they're having trouble in their marriage, I'm like, man, you should just leave. That's foolish talk. That's contrary to the word of God. Right. That could be joking. That could be bad counsel. That could be telling people, well, you know what I would do if I was you, I'd punch him in the nose. That's foolish talk. Dude, this is not what the word of God said. It's, it's speaking in a way that's contrary to the word of God. When what we want to do is be saying what the word says. Walk away, bro. Forgive him. You know, what did Jesus do? Let, let, let Jesus be your example on how to handle a difficult thing. We don't want to be speaking foolish talking. And so it's speaking things that are that are going to be contrary to the word of God. The last thing is coarse jesting. And um, this is definitely speaking of of like foul joking, dirty jokes, foul joking, things of that nature. And so once again, um, these are all things that kind of just come from the overflow of our hearts. And he says, these things are not fitting for believers, he says, which are not fitting. But he says, this is what you should do instead. Right. Instead of all those things, instead of foul language and dirty jokes and speech that's contrary to the word of God and things that are dirty and, and language, what you should be doing as believers, we should be giving thanks. Right. That should be that should be on the tip of our tongues as we go about. And I do think it's inappropriate. I know we have days where, you know, things aren't going exactly the way we want. But what can we always give thanks for as believers? What is it that we can always praise God for? That we're saved, right? On, on your worst day, if you're a believer, if you're born again, on the worst day, you're saved. Your sins are forgiven. You're in relationship with the Lord. You have more than you deserve. And so as a believer, we, we need to find a way. You know, it needs, to, it needs to be from the overflow of our heart that there's, a, there's something to give thanks for. And maybe some days when you get up, before you get out, before you get in front of other people, you need to sit and say, what do I have to be thankful for today? And you sit there and rehearse it. And you give God thanks for it. And when you interact with other people, how you doing? I'm, I'm blessed. You know, these things are going well. You know, everything's not going well, but these things are blessed. You know, I'm blessed in these areas. I'm thankful to the Lord for what he's doing in this area right here. God says that's what really should be coming out. And this is the deal. Just like negative speech could have a negative effect, right? If you walk up to me and I'm just on my, I'm on some Eeyore stuff. And I'm like, oh man, you know, just, this is kind of rough right now, man. This, this, this happened at the house, blah, blah. You know what, you know what, you know what might happen to you? You might say, yeah, man, you know, me too, man. And, and you start kicking cans with me and I just done brought you all the way down to the gutter. That's, that's human nature. Cause everybody got some stuff that's not going right. Everybody in this room might say, hey, God, let's, let's all share our problems. 
we'd never get out of here. We'd never get out of here. He's like, me next, me next. <laughs> and so, you know, that's what it would, that's the effect that it could have. But you know what? The same is true the other way. If I point you up and I'm like, you know what, man, this is, I'm, I'm really thankful to the Lord for this right now, man, that, you know, I, I was meditating on this, that just where I was and where the Lord has brought me, then you may say, you know what, man, me too. You know what? God is, you know, God is faithful, man. God has been good in my life that we bring each other up and we, we help each other look to the Lord. That's how we want our speech to be used. That's helpful. I'd rather be brought up. I'd rather get something to, to thank the Lord for. I'd rather have something to, to be looking up for than to be looking, looking all sad about. And so be careful how this little thing in your mouth gets used, your tongue. That last little section was all about things that come out of your mouth. And everybody here, consider what comes out of your mouth, because what comes out of your mouth is really coming out of your heart. And so if, if lies come out of your mouth, that's your heart. Foul language, that's your heart. We want to be in a place where the things that are coming out are representative of a heart that is, is captured by the Lord. And so if you realize in listening today that, man, the stuff that comes out of my mouth is not consistent with, then you, you, you can repent of that today. You can ask the Lord to forgive you and to help you. And then what you might want to do is slow down. You know, sometimes it helps to slow down before you speak. There are many times where my first thought, because I don't say my first thought and I stop and I wait. And the Lord's like, I'm glad you waited because that didn't come from me. You know, I'm aware at this stage in my life that my first thought is rarely the Lord. Holy as I want to think I am, as spiritual a man as I want to believe that I am, I'm aware that many times my first thought is not the best thought. The first thing I would have said is not always even so many times I've had given enough time and God's like, "Mm, say none of that. None of that. None of that was from me. I'm like, where did it come from then? Wherever it came from, it need to go back where it came from. So sometimes if you find that you end up saying the wrong thing a lot, stop talking so fast. Just just pause. There's no rush. That's helpful in our marriages. Anybody here married? Struggle with you arguing your marriage? You want to you cut down on the arguments? Stop talking so much. That's, that's the, you know, if me and my wife disagree, I can look at her face. She can look at my face. And, um, you know, we, I'm like, it's a decision right there. We, we going in. I don't want to argue with her, you know, so, so there are days where it's like, ah, you know, ah. it, it'll matter a lot less than an hour, you know, so I just let it go. There are days where I win. There are days where she does that. You know, it's better than a fight. You know, it's better than an argument. You know, enough time go by. I realize it wasn't even that big a deal anyway. I don't even I, at five minutes later. I don't even care. Whatever. You know, don't talk so fast. Be careful. The things that are coming out of here. And we want to be intentional to say the things that edify. That we build people up with what comes out of our mouth. We have the potential to damage or to build. And what a blessing if you can build people up with what comes out of your mouth. I, I got a wife and kids in my house. I have the potential every day to speak things that build them up. But I could also speak things that tear them down. Just what, what comes out of my mouth. I need to be careful how I use my tongue. Use it to edify. Use it to build. Use it to give glory to God. Use it to point all of us up to the Lord. And everybody here can be used in that way. And so again, he says, you know, that we wouldn't have... Uh, filthiness or foolish talking or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving a thanks. Verse five, for this, you know, this verse right here, he tells us what's at stake. Why is this such a big deal? He says, for this, you know, for this is not new news to them. And it shouldn't be new news to us that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So when he says no fornicator, unclean person or a covetous man who is an idolater has any place in the kingdom of Christ and God, 
What is he saying? What's he mean by that? What does he mean they have no place in the kingdom of Christ and God? What is he saying? What's at stake? Yeah? Huh? They ain't going to heaven, right? They're not going, if they live that as a lifestyle, they're not going to heaven. So this is why we don't want to participate with them. Why would you want to participate in something with someone you say you love that's going to keep y'all both out of the kingdom of God? You know, I've had people say, well, you know, what if I'm saved, but then, I, then I, after I get saved, then I go live that as a lifestyle. All I know is there are several places in the New Testament where, they, where God gives these lists. He does it here in Ephesians. He does it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He does it in Galatians chapter 5 where he says, look, those who practice these things are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It's not, it's not a joke, right? It's not, God's not playing. God didn't list this over and over. You get to Revelation at the end of the book. And he says, look, all fornicators and liars and this, that, and the other have their place in the lake that burns with fire forever and ever and ever. Boom, it's done. And so knowing that, the most loving thing I could do, one, I warn people that don't know. I've met Christians that were, un- that were misinformed, and so I'm going to warn them. I've had people get angry with me for that. You're judging me. I'm not judging you, but I'm loving you with the truth. you got to know this. I don't want you to die like this and say you went to my church. I didn't tell you. I told you. Now, if you, you, if you, if you rebelled against it or got mad at me for it, that's on you. But I told you, right? That's the loving thing to do. And if you're here as a Christian, a single person, got somebody that you're seeing and you, you love and you want to be with, love them right then. Really love them. If you love somebody, love their walk with the Lord. Love them in the heaven. Love their relationship with Jesus. Love them that much. That's real love. Love says, you know, I'm, I'm going to die to my own desires. But I want to see you in heaven. I want to be in heaven with you. Right. I want I care about your walk with the Lord. I care about the most important thing in your life. Care about that. That would be a person that's worth marrying. That would be a person that's worth spending your life with someone that says, I love you enough to deny myself to make sure that you're going to be good with the Lord. That's real love. Someone that says, look, I love you, girl. So, you know, sin against God with me. That's someone that, you know, I, I'm just because guys are more typically to do. There, there are some ranked girls out there, too, but guys do this often. And basically, this is what's really happening. Guys, I love me. I love me and I love pleasing me more than I love you, care about you. That's what that's that. He'll never say those words. I'm telling you, that's what it means. If a guy says, oh, you know what? This is whatever. You know, he says, I love me. I love pleasing me. I don't care what it costs you. I don't care what happens. I don't care if you end up in hell when we're done. He'll never say that to you, but he's showing you that. And so I'm telling you what he's showing you. And, and there are some girls. I don't want to put guys down. There are some there's some foul women out there, too. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not y'all not getting a complete pass, but we all want to do this God's way. And so moving on, he says in verse five, no, sorry, verse six. Now, he said, let no one deceive you with empty words because of these things. The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So he says, look, don't let anybody deceive you with empty words. Right. Don't let somebody else come and tell you that this is the truth. So if you go to some church and you find you some pastor that says, no, it's okay. He says, that's what he's talking about here. Don't let anybody deceive. Those are empty words. That man is speaking words. Of dis- if somebody's speaking words that disagree with the word of God, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a what? A liar. So I don't care how current he think he is. I don't care how new and fresh. I don't care how cutting edge his ministry is. If what he says or she says disagrees with what God says, they're lying. Those are empty words. They're empty. They, they don't attach anywhere. You can't you can't hang that up anywhere. It's just empty words. It came out of your mouth. You made that up. You pulled that out the air and threw it up there. And that's how some people preach. They just say what they want to say. Wham. And they, you know, that's the word of God for me. I'm a man. I'm a man of God. I said so. And there it is. So we want to be very careful. We said, let no one, let no one deceive you with empty words. These are the reasons why God's wrath is coming to the earth. 
God's coming to deal with this. Nobody here wants to be under the wrath of God. We all want to come under the love of God, not the wrath of God. And so we want to take heed to our lifestyle, how we're living, how we're interacting with other people. Final verse, verse seven. He said, therefore, do not be partakers with them. And he concludes it by saying, look, for this, so therefore, as a result of everything we looked at, talked about filthiness and fornication and covetous, wanting other people's wives, filthy language and coarse jesting and all these, you know, he says, now that we know that these things result in separation, he says, let us not be partakers with them. I can't do anything to control what other people do, but I can make sure I don't partake with them. So if you're single and you're like, man, I want to do this for God. And the person that you're you know, considering don't want to do that. He said, don't be a partaker with them. That's not who God has for you. Move on quickly. Move on quickly. Get your heart all patched up. Move on so the Lord can do what he's going to do in your life. But don't be a partaker with them. Right. If you're trying to walk brand new and you got some brand old friends and they want to talk the old stuff and it's just, you know, stumbling. You guys said, don't be a partaker with them. Don't join them. Don't start joking back with them. Don't get wrapped up in it with them. Go on and move on. Don't be a partaker with them, knowing what it's going to bring. And so here it is in conclusion to walk in love. Um, we got five things that we gather from this section. One, walking in love means that we're going to imitate Jesus um, and his sacrifice, his sacrificial love for others and his forgiveness. And so one way that we walk in love is we imitate Jesus and his sacrificial love for others and his forgiveness. That We, we imitate that. We, we, we follow his example in that. Number two. Another way that we walk in love, we love in a way that gives and doesn't take. Right. Biblical love. We're, we're loving in a way where I'm sacrificing. I'm offering. I'm dying to myself. I'm giving forgiveness. Love in a way that gives, but it's not taking. I'm not taking from you. I'm, I'm, I'm offering to you. That's what God's love looks like. Number three, we want to love in a way that doesn't endanger or damage another person's relationship with the Lord. Right. We want to love in a way that doesn't endanger or damage another person's relationship with the Lord. Number four, we want to love in a way that reveals itself that we want to love in a way that doesn't reveal itself in impure speech, but in thanksgiving. So we want to love in a way that doesn't uh, reveal itself or express itself in impure speech, but in thanksgiving. And lastly, we want to love in a way that is willing to be separate, to be separated from that which does not please God. So I want to love you enough to say, if, if this can't honor God, I'm going to separate from it. That's really, that's love too. I've actually known couples where somebody got saved and got serious with the Lord. And they say, you know, this is not right anymore. I'm breaking off. And them taking that step made the other person say, wait a minute. And, and go ahead and, and, and take a look at where they were in their walk with the Lord. That's more loving than staying with them because you can't, you know, you can't imagine life without them. And so you're just going to continue to stumble them. Um, love, love in such a way, love in a way that's willing to separate from whatever it is, friends, relationships, whatever it is that does not bring honor, doesn't please God in our lives. The thing, and as we close up this today, I do want to challenge us that God wants us to be a people that really walk in love. And I, even as I prepared this, it wasn't really what I, I like. I looked at it. I'm like, man, walking in love. I expected like, you know, be nice and be kind and loving and juicy. He, but a lot of what he wanted to say about walking in love is showing us what it's not. Showing us what pe- this is what people are doing in the name of love. That is not love at all. And it's what, what I gather from this section is the most loving thing I can do is be concerned about other people's relationship with the Lord more than anything else. The things I say, I don't want to damage your walk with the Lord. The way I interact with you, I don't want it to damage your relationship with the Lord. And if I can say and interact and behave in such a way that encourages 
Your walk with the Lord, that's the most loving thing I can do for the people around me. And so I encourage all of us that we would have that mind on, that we would really be a people that, as a church, that we really be walking in love. We walk in love towards one another. When you guys go home and church is over, that you walk in love towards your husbands and wives, that we walk in love towards our kids, that this would really exemplify who we are and how we live. Amen. been listening to another edition of a transforming word with pastor bill buffington of calvary chapel inglewood thanks for tuning in the book of ephesians is full of relevant content that can be applied to us today one of the biggest themes throughout paul's new testament letter is unity we live in a culture that seems to love to disagree but the bible is very clear about seeking unity even when you disagree Of course, this isn't always easy, but unity is a big part of who God is and what he desires for you. So the next time you disagree with someone, don't see them as an enemy. See them as a brother or sister in Christ and ask the Lord to soften your heart for that person. If you're struggling with this in your life, feel free to text or call us and we'll be more happy to pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, the number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit us in person, we stream our services online. For more information such as directions and links to media pages, just visit calvaryinglewood.org. Again, that website was calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians, and you won't want to miss it. So be sure to join us next time, right here on A Transforming Word.